I have a question. Are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to the Mowing in the Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for returning for yet another Faith Friday episode. Thank you so much for joining me. This is going to be a good one. So we are in the book of Philippians, uh, Philippians chapter four. This is the last chapter in the book of of Ephesians. I keep wanting to say Ephesians. We're going through Ephesians in church. But uh, we're going through Philippians. So the last chapter in Philippians. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn there. Grab your Bible or use your cell phone, Bible on your cell phone, Bible app, whatever you got. Turn there. Follow along. Guys, it is a beautiful day here in Michigan. Actually, I am recording this on July 4th. So we're doing Philippians 4 on the 4th. Uh, The reason I am recording this one so far in advance is because we're going on vacation. And so I want to be prepared for for the week of our vacation. And so that is why I am recording this so early. We're going to be gone next week. And so I wanted to make sure to not leave you guys hanging and put out all three podcast episodes still while being on vacation. So let's get into this. I'm so happy you're here. I can't wait for this. All right, let's go. How we do this, I'm going to explain this again, just for anyone that might be new. The way we do this is we are actually reading through a book of the Bible. So uh, Philippians is what we're in right now. It's only got four chapters. It's actually a letter, but we call them books of the Bible. And What I do is I go through, I read the entire chapter, and then we go back and we start at verse one and we break it down as much as I can. I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm not super studied in the Bible. I love to read the Bible and I do have commentaries and things that I use, but uh, for the most part, I just go through, kind of break it down as things come into my mind. We just... I just discuss it and you guys get to listen in. So I really wish I tried really hard to get my wife to be on the podcast today. She didn't want to. So I'm out here solo again. It is really hard to get people to want to come on to a podcast. I don't understand it, but that's the way it is. So anyway, I've got to go on Amazon and find a little cord that hooks to my phone so I can take phone calls and have Some of you guys, maybe if one of you guys wants to jump on the podcast and join me for these episodes, that would be awesome. I would love that or over Skype or whatever. That would be awesome. So please, if you, if you want to jump on the podcast with me on a faith Friday, or if you just want to do a podcast episode with me, please send me an instant message on Facebook or on Instagram or or send me an email at lansinglawnservice at gmail.com. I would be happy to get you all set up to come on the podcast so that we can have just a great discussion. All right, guys, that's enough of me jabbering. Let's jump into this 
Bible chapter today. Philippians 4. I'm actually going to start at verse 2. Verse 3 kind of ended off, or chapter 3 rather, ended off uh, with uh, ending on verse 1 of verse 4. So it wouldn't really make sense to start with verse 1. You would need to go back and listen to uh, chapter the one we the last week's episode where we did Philippians chapter three, so I'm gonna start. I I will read verse one, but it's not gonna make a whole lot of sense if you aren't following along first of all, and if you don't know what we talked about last week. Okay, so let's jump right into it. I'm not gonna say the verses as we go along here as I read, but when we go back through it, I will point out each verse that I am on so you guys can follow along. All right, here we go. Philippians chapter 4. Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, for my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I plead with Eudia and I plead with Syntech. I don't know if that's how they pronounce their name. Just a, just a hint, that part was not in the Bible. <laughs> okay, back to verse 2. I plead with Eudia and I plead with Syntech to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your, guard, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Thanks for the gifts. That's this section. Sorry, I don't usually read the sections titles, but that's what I did. Verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at least you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my trouble. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintances with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I am looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. I have received full payment, and even more, I am amply, suppli 
and even more. I am amply amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greetings, all the saints in Christ. I'm sorry, let me repeat that. Greet all the saints in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you, be with your spirit. Amen. And that ends Philippians chapter 4 and the book of Philippians. Wow. Okay, so let's go back and we're going to start at verse 2 because verse 1 kind of ties in with chapter 3. So we're going to start at verse 2. I plead with Eudia and I plead with Syntec. Again, I don't know if that's how they it's supposed to be pronounced. That's how I read it. So some of these names in the Bible, you all know, they're a little weird. So I plead with Eudia and I plead with Syntec to agree with each other in, fe- in the Lord. So these two... Paul refers to this. Paul is the author of the book of Philippians, if uh, you didn't already understand that. Um, Sorry, I didn't go over that with you at the beginning. But Paul is the author here, and he's writing this letter. And this whole letter is basically concerning these two women who are in an argument, and they don't seem to be able to get past it. And so that is who he is talking about right here and talking to right here in this letter. Verse 2 again, I plead with Eudia and I plead with Syntec to agree with each other in the Lord. Verse 3, yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, that I believe is Epaphroditus. Um, My commentary, uh, the author of the commentary I use, also believes that that is Epaphroditus. Um, He is the one that is the go-between between Paul and the church at Philippi, and so that would be him. All right. So verse three, yes. And I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, Epaphroditus, help these women who have contended at my side in the case of the gospel, along with along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. So what Paul is saying here, and the author of my commentary wanted to make this clear that Paul is not saying here that these women were preaching um, because we, if you know about Paul and his writings, um, Paul is very firm on the fact that women should remain quiet in church. And so I have no opinion on this one way or another other than I try to suss out What Paul is trying to say here, uh, you know, personally, I don't really care to listen to women preachers or pastors. It's not that they don't necessarily have good things to say. It's more that it's just kind of annoying. I I don't know. Women speakers in general, I don't care for. Like, I've, I've tried to listen to a few audiobooks uh, by, uh, what's her name? 
Oh, she's just like a psychologist, Brene Brown. And I just cannot get through her books just because she reads them and I just can't stand her voice. It just grates my nerves. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm sorry, that's just me. But uh, what, what the author of the commentary that I use, which is The Believer's Commentary, if you want to look for it, you can look for it on Amazon. That's where I got mine. It's a really good commentary, big book fairly inexpensive, like 25 bucks or something. Um, so what he is saying in the commentary is that these women probably just helped Paul. Um, they may have, uh, you know, served in other ways, but the author of the commentary, and I would suggest too that they did not do any preaching. Um, in these days that we live in, we kind of have to be specific on that type of thing, I guess. So, uh, you know, if you have a woman pastor, you know, that's neither here nor there. I'm not saying anything bad about that. Uh, that's not anything with this chapter. Just thought I'd go into that because I just read through the commentary portion on this and they brought it up. So, all right. Verse four. Uh, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. A lot of times we hear that in church, um, at least I did growing up, they would use that kind of as a mantra sometimes, like rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice, and then you're all supposed to say rejoice or whatever. And uh, it just is what it is, but it always kind of seemed a little weird to me. But Paul is expressing his joy right now. So verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. So again, he's talking to Yudia in Sedentech here. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So what Paul is saying here, what I believe Paul is saying here is that um, it's not necessarily the coming of the Lord is near, but that the Lord is actually near in spirit to them. All right. Verse six, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now, sometimes the reason I read the Bible the way I do on this podcast, instead of just taking one or two verses and expounding on that, the reason I take a whole chapter is so that I don't accidentally take the Bible out of context. I say it every every week on this episode, on this podcast, that that is something that I don't want to do. So let's read that again. Verse six, do not be anxious for any about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So don't be anxious about anything. You know, this can apply to us, but he's also talking to Yudia and Syntec here that the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. He's right by you, but in everything by prayer and petition. So bring your prayers to God, bring your prayers to the Lord, petition him, you know, request things from him, but with thanksgiving, right? Always with a thankful heart, present your requests to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And again, I don't want to take these verses out of context. Sometimes the people will take these verses out of context and they'll just use it as, oh, the peace of God, will, it transcends all understanding and, and will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And, and they just use that verse, but it's kind of taken out of context. I mean, we can apply it today. I get it. But he's talking to these two individuals. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. So when you bring your petitions to God, when you bring your prayers to God, sometimes it feels like God didn't hear you. Sometimes he's, it seems like he's not listening. But if you bring those things with a thankful heart, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it surpasses all of your knowledge about the Bible, all of your knowledge about God. That will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That will protect you from thinking negative thoughts. All right, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, Paul, or seen in me, Paul, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Again, Paul is specifically speaking to Judea and Syntech here. But again, he's talking to the whole church at Philippi. Finally, brothers, and he just says brothers. I don't know why. But whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. He's trying to get us to be thankful at all times. And we're going to see why here in a minute. Whatever you have learned from Paul or heard or seen, put it into practice. Paul, I don't know if it's in Philippians or not. I don't remember. But he says, if you, if you can't get a picture of Jesus and how Jesus lived, emulate me. At least follow me. Do what I do. And so that's what he's saying here. Verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. So they, he knows that they were concerned. They've been concerned, but they couldn't find anybody to take the letter or a letter to Paul because Paul is in prison as he is writing this letter. Verse 11, I am not saying this because I am in need or I, uh, I am not saying this because I am in need for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. Okay. So this kind of ties in with what verses, um, four through eight or nine we're talking about. 
He has learned to be content in all circumstances, to have a thankful heart in all circumstances, no matter what, no matter if he's in prison, no matter if he's been shipwrecked, no matter if he's been tarred, no matter matter if he's been beaten, uh, he has learned to be thankful in all things. Uh, verse 11 or verse 12, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul is just saying that again, this is all tying in with verses four through nine, that he knows what it's to like to be poor and have nothing. Everything has been taken away from him. He's in prison. He it's miserable to be in the in prison during those days, in the biblical days. Very miserable. Um I, if you want to know what prison was like, go back to the last last uh couple of podcasts. I don't remember if it was chapter 2 or chapter 3 where I talked about uh, what prison is like for Paul in the New Testament, but it was miserable. Really, really miserable. Uh, let's see. Verse 12. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every circ- situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Verse 13. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. So, This is one of the verses, verse 13, is one of the verses that gets taken out of context and it gets used in such flippant ways. Like one time I was on a missions trip to Honduras and we were helping to build a a pastor's house right next to a church. And I mean, it's, you know, dirt floor, pretty much uh, basic basic house but what we had to do they do tile the floor but what we had to do is they brought in sand then we had to tamp down the sand by hand with this it was a a stump with two boards on either side and you'd lift it up and pound it down and you would beat the sand with this with this tamp and so uh, we did this challenge some of the guys did this challenge where we we would see how many we could do and of course you know being the stocky young construction worker that I was at the time I did like 150 or 200 of these things and the guy before me only did a hundred of them or so and uh, it was a lot of work but it was fun but he one of the guys said come on you could do it you could do it you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength And uh, while that is inspirational, I don't really think that's what that verse was meant for. Um, That wasn't an adverse situation. It was a fun situation. Uh, What that verse is tied into is the suffering and pain of Paul. And the finding joy in the suffering that he can do all things through him who gives me strength without him there's i have nothing 
with him I have everything. All right, so, oh gosh. Let's move on to verse 14. Yet it was good for you to share in my troubles. 15. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintances with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. So here Paul kind of shifts a little bit because he's talking about their gifts. But at the in the first half of, you know, with verse 10 through, what was it, 13? Verse 10 through 13, he's kind of still tying that back into, into suffering and having thanksgiving and, and just being jo- cheerful no matter what. And now he's moving into giving. And so... He's, he's saying here, nobody else, none of the other churches have given me anything, but you, the Philippians have given what you can. You've given out of it. You've given till it hurts is pretty much what he's saying here. And I think that's awesome. Verse 16, for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again, when I was in need. Verse 17, not that I am looking for a gift because Paul in, in other books of the Bible, other letters, he talks about not taking anything from the people. He, he talks about working another job even to make money. So it's not that he, he was looking for them to, uh, to just give him something for nothing. 17. Not that I am looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. So he's thinking in kingdom terms here. He's thinking of of a higher higher thing. He he's referring to the gift of giving and that their giving the Lord sees that and that is credited to their account on their behalf, not his. Verse 18, I have received full payment, and even more, I am amply supplied, now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. So Paul's in prison. I don't know what they sent. He, it doesn't say here. Maybe it was money. Maybe it was food. Maybe it was, you know, paper, and a pen. Who knows? But whatever it was, he's well supplied and very happy with it. Um, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. So that doesn't mean that they sent flowers or, you know, perfume. What Paul is talking about is an Old Testament reference when they used to burn offerings on the altar. The, 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 the smell would rise up to God and that would be pleasing to God. Okay, and so that's what he's using that as a word picture there to to remind them and to show them what he's actually talking about. And of course, the church in that day would have got that reference without any problem. Verse 19, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Again, this is another one of those verses that kind of gets taken out of context. God will will supply all your needs according to his riches. Yes, and he will. I, I believe that. 
But I think Paul is also saying here, it's not necess- this isn't necessarily a promise to everyone. This is a promise to the Philippians. They gave to him, and he just gives them a blessing. He says, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches. So Christ didn't say that. Paul said that. And we can kind of lean on that, but we shouldn't expect that. We shouldn't expect that because, I mean, you look at the church in, in let's say, let's say China, okay? Do you really think they feel like God is meeting all their needs? They probably do because they still have the joy of the Lord. They have nothing and yet they have everything. So this is not talking about, I personally, I don't think it's necessarily talking about um, riches as in monetary things. I think it can be anything. I think it could be more so uh, spiritual things, not so much monetary things, not, you know, a million dollar house and things like that. I don't think that's what it's talking about here. All right. Verse verse 30, to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now I want to read you something. I want to go back that I, w- I wanted to read before, but um, I just didn't find a place. So this is a good stopping point right here to read it. It is from the commentary that that I have here. And it's by a guy named Joet, J-O-W-E-T-T. And it says, Joet shares his experiences regarding Christian joy. And I thought it was really good. So I'm just going to read that to you. And then we'll finish up this chapter and the book of Philippians, okay? It says, Christian joy is a mood independent of our immediate circumstances. If it were dependent on our surroundings, then indeed it would be as uncertain as an unpredicted candle burning on a gusty night. One moment the candle burns clear and steady. The next moment the blaze leaps to the very edge of the wick and affords little or no light. But Christian joy has no relationship to the transient setting of the light of setting of the life, and therefore it is not the victim of the passing day. At one time, my conditions arranged themselves like a sunny day in June. A little later, they rearranged themselves like a gloomy day in November. One day I am at a wedding. The next day I stand at an open gate, grave. One day in my ministry, I win ten converts for the Lord, and then for a long stretch of days I never win one. Yes, the days are as changeable as the weather, and yet the Christian joy can be persistent. Where lies the secret of of its glorious persistency? Here is the secret. Lo, I am with you all the days. In all the changing days he changeth not, Neither is weary, neither is he weary. He is no fair-weather companion, leaving me when the year grows dark and cold. He does not choose my days of prosperous festival, though though he not be found in my days of impoverishment and defeat. 
He does not show himself only when I wear a garland and hide himself when I wear a crown of thorns. He is with me all the days, the prosperous days and the days of adversity, days when the funeral bells are tolling and days when the wedding bell is ringing. All the days, the days of life, the day of death, the day of judgment. I just thought that was really good. Um, that, gosh, that just gets me in the feels, you know, <laughs> I don't know. God is always with us always, whether we're having, whether we're in prison or whether we're in a $5 million mansion with everything we could ever want. He is always with us. All right, let's finish this book up. Final greetings. Verse 21. Greet all the saints in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send greetings. So I don't know exactly who all is with Paul. I know that Timothy is probably with him. And Epaphroditus, I believe, I'm not sure if Epaphroditus is still with him or if he has sent him out. But he has mentioned Epaphroditus in several verses in uh, in the book of Ephesians. So he could be meaning a whole host of other people. 22. This one was interesting to me. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. I found that really interesting. So Paul is probably in prison in Rome if it's Caesar's household or, uh, a, you know, some, somewhere in prison in the kingdom of Rome. And I just find that really interesting that there were believers in Caesar's household. And those are probably servants that are, are slaves that are in Caesar's household. Verse 23, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Gosh, this book has just been awesome. Just been lovely. Um, and I'm sure, you know, like I said before, I'm not a Bible scholar, so I'm sure there's way more to glean from the book of Philippians. This is just kind of what I thought of as we were reading through it and what I gathered from the commentary. But uh, wow, what a great book. What a great letter that Paul wrote that we get to be a part of and get to read. Um, I'm just, I'm so thankful for the word of God and, and how we can glean things from it even when it was written to certain people that, you know, we have no idea who they are other than where they were. So, gosh, guys, I want to thank you for listening in. This ends the book of Philippians, and I do think I was going to check the analytics and see, you know, how what the listenership was on Faith Fridays. I've been getting a lot of listens on Faith Fridays, so I think I'm going to keep going with it. And I think the next book of the Bible that I'm going to go through is Romans. Uh, Romans is a great book. We're actually, uh, our pastor is preaching through Romans right now. And there is so much to glean out of Romans. So I am looking forward to that. Uh, I just love the Word of God. I love reading it. I love spending this time with you, getting to do this. 
Um, I'm so happy that since I'm recording this on the 4th of July, I am so happy that we live in a country where I can read this on the airwaves. You can listen to it and be blessed by it and hear the word of God. And the whole reason that I started doing these Faith Fridays is because I find so often that people that are tending church, they're in a church, but they have no idea what the Word of God actually says. They don't crack their Bible. They don't get it off the shelf. They don't get it out of the box in the basement since they moved five years ago. They do not know what the Word of God actually says. They just hear it from the pulpit on Sunday, and then they go out and they live however they want. And I I just felt a burden on my heart to put out an episode of my podcast, even though this is a mowing podcast or a lawn care podcast. I just felt the tug of the Holy Spirit to do this, to get his word out there, to get the focus off of ourselves and get the focus on him. And so I, I really appreciate you guys listening. I really do. Um, I hope you get a lot out of this. If nothing else, I hope that you just listen through the reading of the scripture. Even if you you listen to the whole chap me read the whole chapter up front and then just click off of the episode, I don't care. That's awesome. I want you to get the word of God into your brain, into your ears. That's the whole goal of the Faith Friday podcast. So Thanks, guys, for listening. I hope it blessed you. If it did, please send me a message on Facebook. Send me an email at lansinglawnservice uh, at gmail.com. Send me a message on Instagram at lansinglawnservice. Uh, On Facebook, you can just message me uh, at Aaron Sutter. That's my personal profile. Um, I don't do anything with my business profile, really. It's just there. Uh, But It doesn't really get used all that much. So message me on my personal uh, Facebook page, if you would, if you want to do it that way, or send me an email. I would love to hear from you and hear how these Faith Friday episodes are impacting you, whether it's just helping you get through the day, helping you to round out the week, to give you a little encouragement, a little boost going into the weekend to get your thoughts off of the terrible week you had or whatever, just to, to pump you up at the end of the week. So guys, that that's what I'd love to hear from you. Also leave us a rating and review if you'd like, um, wherever you listen to podcasts, if they have that available, if you would do that for me, that would be awesome. Uh, I put a lot into this into this podcast. I mean, just preparing for this, I spent over an hour studying, uh, reading the, the chapter. Um, I mean, I've read it several times now, but reading the chapter and then reading the entire commentary section on just that chapter takes about an hour. It's a lot of information every week to get prepared for the faith Friday podcast. And so if you guys would just do me a solid, and, and give a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts, this podcast, that would be so amazingly helpful. And I would be so appreciative of that. 
because I, I, I don't obviously charge you anything for this. This is free. This is absolutely free to you. And I put a ton of time into this. So it, if you could just do that, that would help more people be reached with the Faith Friday episodes of the Mowing in the Dark podcast. And that would be awesome. Thanks, guys, so much. I really appreciate it. And I will see you in the next episode.